0: from the press box i'm your host headphone joe and i got a plate full of crow next to me and my co-host as always brennan tassif
1: what's going on buddy i believe i had that that's what's going on i believe i had that you did what's up man uh not much
0: uh recording i just want to set the the throw the gauntlet down now we're recording before game three of the nhl uh, of the Stanley Cup Finals. So when we get to those predictions, yeah, if that's we're tonight. wrong, just know we did this prior. Uh, if our analysis is terrible because the lightning go nuts, our, hey. But with that being said, we're going to get into the quick hits where we will touch on that, but not until we touch on the end of the NBA Finals. Um, then we got some MLB things to discuss. Um, and then we're going to get into the quick hits. Where we're gonna talk US Open, Kyrie potentially leaving, and you know my WNBA updates. And we actually have a walk-off this week brought to you by Brain Passive yeah, yeah. is your ex-drinking buddy. All right, so without any further ado,
2: ready to return the opening
0: kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here
1: we go. All right, Brendan, you had that. Uh I actually didn't, so I wanna I would love to take full credit and be like, I told you, I told you. But I thought it was going to be an offensive, uh, like offensive mayhem by Golden State. It was actually their defense (laughs) that figured out Boston. Um, so I, I, I thought Golden State would win. I did, I did have that, but the way in which they won, I was, I couldn't have been more wrong. So, um, happy about the win. Uh, kind of concerned, as it were, about Boston from some of the stuff you and I have talked about. Um, previously about how like if Tatum and Brown can't do it, but we'll get to that later. But game six, it was a good game. Uh, And it looked like, like I said, Golden State looked like they just figured out Boston. Boston, Jalen uh, Brown and uh, Jason Tatum played over 40 minutes each. Both of them didn't even come out in the second half. Uh, They just, Tatum, I heard on a couple of podcasts, had this weird demeanor where he wasn't talking to anybody. He was just, it almost seemed like laser focused or you could look at it the other way and say, the moment was, (laughs) <laughs> too big for him and he looked kind of shell-shocked uh that's exactly what i was gonna say marcus smart started to revert back to some of his old habits uh with trying to do hero ball i kind of just fell apart what did you take away? i mean golden state was the better team and they've got that great mix of young talent and then obviously those veterans what did you take away from it
0: um okay here first things first can we stop talking about that great mix of young talent and very they played none of the young guys they played Nobody under 25 played a second. <laughs> All right. Clay Thompson saying, showed up, though. People keep That's me me for saying, sure. Clay Thompson did not fucking show up. Did you see him? He looked so shocked. He looked 5 for 20 in that not game. In game, six. game six, but in. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say. What was it? Game. Yeah, yeah. Five, no, i like, for the
1: series, for the series. Okay, i was gonna say he looked yeah, game five, all That's as hell. Where Kyrie, or Kyrie, Kyrie. That's, uh, uh, that's where, Steph Curry didn't make a single three. It was in Game yes. Five, and Clay kind of stepped up in that game. Yeah, but yeah, knows? Game Six, they, it was just all they put in all the vets, and they're like, "Sit down, young guys. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna ride no, this out." i
0: was gonna say the only young
1: guy. Uh, let me
0: rephrase. it The only young guy who stepped up was Jordan Poole. who's the only person under 25 that did anything worth a damn. um but outside of that none of the other young guys um yeah no i'm i am thoroughly disappointed in boston because yep. i don't think this series i don't think the best team won the series i think the best player won the series stephen curry put on a display only up there with the likes of not to compare him directly to but the likes of LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Jerry West, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Like he dominated this series. He in a in a fashion that we hadn't seen him do before. Um the two, the the other two they won, they won with Kevin Durant. So everything was that. And then the first one, it was more of a free-flowing offense, and everybody kind of ate. Um, but this was one where you couldn't rely on Clay every game. You couldn't rely on Draymond whatsoever. Um, and then after that, you're hoping Wiggins uh, grows up in front of your eyes. Everybody was sketchy on him going into, and the he did just that. Playoff, and he did that. He was the best second person to Steph, but Steph had Steph averaged like thirty one this series, yeah, and like forty some from three. With having a game where he didn't make a three, like miss missed all his threes. <laughs> He went he went God level on this and they scrapped the playbook at times. They just said, hey, high pick and roll. You figure it out. And he's shooting in the craziest boxes where his feet are one way, his body's hunched over one way, still getting a shot off and banks it in. So, no, we saw we saw a maestro at play Um, and we saw a team crumble under the pressure. Boston.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened.
0: For all the stuff you could say about Golden State, Boston played the game they wanted. They kept them under their league average, their season average, as I've been repeating all series long. They kept everybody in check for the most part, but offensively, they had no dog in them. They they were again, it's it's the same thing I said with Simmons last year and then with Tatum a couple games ago, where there's, there's times in the fourth quarter, he has 11 points in the fourth, going into the fourth. And he's standing on one side of the wing, and Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, the action's over there, and he's just not concerned whatsoever. He's not trying to get to the ball. He's not trying to make a cut. He's not trying to make a screen or nothing. He's just standing there. And you got Jalen Brown, who keeps bouncing the ball off his foot. But credit to him, because he was at least attacking. You got Marcus Smart making boneheaded play after boneheaded play, and like you said, revert back to who he was. And this this series just showed that this team – as good as they were, Marcus Smart is not the guy going forward uh, and they need a legit point guard. They need somebody, not a Chris Paul, quote unquote, but somebody of that, like a Ricky Rubio, for lack of a Chris Paul, a or, or, or Rajon Rondo, somebody who knows yeah. how to conduct an offense and slow it down and get people to their spots. Because right now they're rolling the ball out and hoping they get to the spots and they just all look, they look lost after they get one punch in the mouth and they need
1: somebody well, it's to it's interesting you bring gather them all together can, yeah hold it together it's interesting you bring that up cuz i remember back and i'm sure you used to do this back when you uh, Play, like It doesn't matter what level, middle school, high school, whatever. If you play like team sports, you'll run the same play over and over and over. And you think to yourself, like, coach, why are we running this play over and over and over? And it's always the same answer. Because when you get punched in the mouth or when shit hits the fan, it has to be second nature. You yeah. have to just do it. Because if you don't practice that, you're going to revert back to old habits. And that seems exactly what happened to the Boston Celtics. During the season, av- during... At the start of the new year, they were playing this different kind of basketball. They were below, one game below 500 going into the new year. And then all of a sudden, or the all-star break or whatever it was. Then all of a sudden they started playing this different brand of basketball where Marcus Smart looked like the point guard that they'd been looking for. Jason Tatum was making every shot. Jalen Brown was doing a lot of catch and shoot stuff. And then they were playing great defense. And then like they weren't relying on Jalen Brown to dribble a lot. And it's like, oh my God, this is a new team. But the fact of the matter is we saw in this series that that's not who they are at their core, because when yeah. everything started happening and everything started falling apart, they reverted back to these old habits. Which everyone wants to say, "Well, Jason Tatum's only 24." I understand that, but that this he's was just his like Eastern conference finals that he's been in. <laughs> yeah, like this is not this is not due to lack of experience. Like, and I get what everybody's saying. Everyone's saying the same kind of thing about like, well, you know, Jordan, LeBron, all these guys didn't get to their didn't win their first championship till they were you know 26, 27, 28. And I understand that. But at the same time, they also weren't going to the finals They're you know, from their rookie season on three. They weren't going to the Eastern Conference finals.
0: LeBron made one final, but that was a horrible team. And he showed up.
1: Yeah. So it just (laughs) and that's the crazy thing about it is the fact that it was just so weird to see Tatum on the sideline, like just like a bomb went off. Like he was just like, uh, like just staring mm-hmm. out into space. It was, I don't know. It was really weird to see. I love the Boston Celtics. The only reason I took golden state was because I honestly objectively thought they were going to win because I am a fan of Boston, but it was just weird to see. And I don't know what they're going to do moving forward because this is a, this is a weird situation. Yeah. You no, get all it, the way it'd... to the finals, but then you're like, I don't know if this is the team that can actually win the finals.
0: It became everything that uh, people had been trying to tell me. And I just thought, I I thought they were smarter than they actually played out. And the championship experience from Steph and the Warriors were what, were what bore out in the end. Um, The coaching from Andre and Gary Payne Jr. Jr. and his weird layup package. um, Just, they outsmarted they outsmarted them and to what yep. you were saying they they outcoached them Ime Udoka, first year yep. coach to not for you to get blasted in what five out of six third quarters like how do you not you got to get through to your team you got to tell them to do the right thing you got to call a timeout when you see that run that avalanche coming you got it if yep. you can't get through to your guys then what are you doing there? That's the greatest thing about Steve Kerr. Even though him and Draymond are oil and water, somehow they still mix. There's a chemical solution. My girlfriend knows because she's an esthetician she knows all that shit, but there's a chemical solution that allows oil and water to bond together. And I don't, that's Steph Curry. That's Clay Thompson. That's the rest of that team. Yeah. Like, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, one of the one of the greats. I mean, nine championships total, four as a coach and five as a player, like (laughs) insane. Um, But yeah, no, uh, all credit to the. I got a couple of stats here. I got I screenshot it because I was like, these have to be mentioned. Uh, Steph, there's only six players in NBA history that have four rings, multiple MVPs and a finals MVP. That's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem, Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. That's one. The other step, Steph averaged 31, five and six, five assists, six boards on 48% shooting, 44% shooting from three and 85 from the free throw on the number one ranked defense.
1: A shooter averaged
0: almost 50 from the field.
1: Yeah, he was almost at the, uh, what is it? The 50, 40, 40, 90 90 club or whatever. Yeah. 50, 40, 90. That's it.
0: Yeah, he almost had that in the finals against the number one team. Like
1: one and, and yeah, what
0: what he doesn't get enough credit for. And this was this is probably I forgot who I was listening to, but they said the, the past couple of years of them like getting bounced in the play in and having to take a season and not having clay there and the team being in flux really helped Curry develop as a player because he <laughs> got that experience of, hey, no one's around me. I got to go fucking go. I got to go Hamburglar right now. And a part of (laughs) his game that everybody appreciates, but I don't think gets talked about enough. His ability to finish at the rim is insane. Like he got blocked a couple times, but man, the way he's going
1: in there against like Grant Williams and stuff. And just like, no, I got it. And it's like, you're six one. Like, how is this pop? Yeah. (laughs) He's 6'3. Let's not forget that. He's 6'3. We always
0: make him shorter than he actually is. But his ability I know, that's crafty basketball. way, it's insane. It's it's amazing to watch. He put on a display that was unrivaled last night, the other day. Put
1: on a clinic. We did. What did you um, uh what do you think is happening with Boston?
0: Uh, uh I think they got a they uh, as presently constructed. You bring this up
1: because the big question is the Tatum Brown situation. Obviously, they're going to look into another point guard. Obviously, Al Horford is the glue that binds them, but he is a year older. But there's always rumblings about you got to get rid of Brown, you got to get something for like you, you got to trade one of them and it's probably going to be Brown cuz Tatum is on paper the better player. So what but I don't I don't think they're going to oh, do that. No, what man. do you think is the outlook long term for Boston? <sighs>
0: Presently constructed without a true point guard. They never win anything. Um, yeah. Right now, after that final performance, I mean, this is, this is recency as hell, but I think I'd rather keep Jalen because at least he showed some fight in him.
1: I was thinking the same thing. Um, Yeah.
0: um, he's obviously a year older than Tatum came into the league a year older. So his contract's going to be closer to being done. So you probably want to go with the younger guy in Tatum. That's probably the smart thing to do. And he's on pace to be more of a generational talent. He just came out. Athletically. He's finals. Just- yeah. He's a physical Marvel. Um, but yeah. you, if you can flip Brown for a good two guard and an actual point guard, You got to do it. Um, Jason, I don't know if he has the want to or the intelligence to make the improvements on the court. So therefore, he's going to need somebody to tell him what to do on the court. There's only so much a coach can do. And then it comes down to you executing. So they need to get him inside and he needs to actually look to go to the basket because there was many times when he had Jordan poor. Steph on him, and he's in the paint and opts for a fadeaway instead of turning around and going to the yeah. lane and getting a foul. Like you're longer tries than everybody. To get it out. Yeah, like you're making very passive, passive decisions. Um, so he needs to get a he needs to get a he needs to get a heart reconstruction and a point guard for that team. Uh, they need a
1: heart surgeon on the team. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing as he's not. On paper he has all the uh all the uh, tangibles you want all the measurables uh, and it's weird cuz yeah all the measurables but it's weird during this the second half of the season it was like uh, even the last couple of series he went toe to toe with Durant the Giannis, and Doncic like <laughs> that's yeah the and I was like, oh gosh, I was like oh my gosh like and then in the finals when the lights the brightest he just he shrinks up and I he was had like one what 30 point game and that was in a
0: pitiful loss in game 2
1: yeah, so I think they're going to try and run it back just because of the way the team played up until the actual finals. They played so well together. And if Middleton's not hurt, I think the Bucs are holding a trophy the trophy anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Bucs would take Golden State, or at least it would definitely be a way different series.
0: I think the Bucs would have taken Golden State, and this may be blasphemous. If Hero's not hurt and Jimmy's 100%, I think they could have taken Golden State. Because it was just, I think any of the bigger teams that weren't scared offensively and they're good defensively. Yeah, the the
1: Miami Heat are not scared of anybody.
0: Exactly. So because all you had to do, like Boston showed the blueprint for winning the series. It was just you got to show up offensively as well. Like, defensively, yeah. you keep playing You can play know down. what to like do. It's keep actually Draymond doing down. It, yeah. Like, you can execute defensively. But, again, usually we're talking about you got to ex, execute offensively, but you got to execute defensively. They executed defensively. They just didn't execute offensively. There's two sides of the game, and they only played yeah. one really well, and the other one they let fall by the wayside. In that last game, they had, what, 22 turnovers? Like, you're never gonna win
1: that way. <laughs> it was insane. They only scored like what was it, nine points or nine? eleven points in the last like twelve minutes or something. Eleven. It was. Minutes? It, was
0: it was. It was disgusting to watch. It From was rough. That side. It was beautiful right. to watch Steph go crazy. Yeah. But on to the next one. All right, Brennan. How you feeling? Huh? Huh? Is the ice feeling melting about what? beneath I don't know your what you're feet? Is the ice melting? We got blasted. You got water hosed. Like, it was insane. 7-0. They scored a touchdown on your head.
1: I know. They put a tutty on you What's happening?
0: We're talking about the Stanley Cup finals, people. Um, Final. Game final. It's two games we played. I said finals. Um, First game went to the Avalanche. That game ended 4-3. First game was great. Overtime. Overtime. Amazing. Immaculate. Then the next game happened and uh I as we just alluded I to I mean seven goals all everyone bascality.
1: That's why they play series in the NBA and the NHL and stuff in the major that's why football is the only one that doesn't do a series. Because you can have weird games. The puck can bounce certain ways. But this. So game one was kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, we can come back from this. Like this is this is progress. Like we'll play a couple games at home. We'll be all right. And then game two, it was like, what the what the what is happening?
0: (laughs) Yeah. The crazy thing about game two is the shot disparity. You guys only shot the puck 16 times. Yeah. Are you looking it up? Didn't they have like 30 something? It was 30 to 16 in the shot differential. Yeah. I
1: knew it was 30 something.
0: It's insane. Kemper who came back from injury as I had found out on last episode, saved all 16 opportunities and Vazzy let seven go by of the 30. Um,
1: Yeah, and it's weird because... Which is crazy because he was so... This is Tatum all over again. He was so hot throughout these playoffs.
0: But we saw him go through a bit of a slide in that Ranger series too. That first two games of the Ranger series, he let a couple go by. I think one of those games was 6-0 or 6-something or 6-2 or something like that. So he's having those Jekyll Hyde performances now. Game three is tonight, Brennan. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Tampa Bay is going to do exactly what they did in the Rangers series. They're going to come back. They're going to win game three. I think it'll go seven. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to sweep them like we did with the Rangers coming back in, but, uh, I don't are not sweep. You know what I mean? Win four in yeah. a row, I don't think that's going to happen. The Colorado we've talked about this, um, the last couple of weeks. And I know Greg has mentioned some stuff, RIP in the, uh, discord, <laughs> uh, Colorado's just too good of a team overall. And they've been chomping at the bit and banging down the door the last couple of years. So I don't think it's going to be a, a situation like the Rangers where we come back and win four in a row. I do not. I will put an absurd for me, an absurd amount of money on the fact that we will not get swept. I refuse to believe that. Um, I think we will win game three. I believe that's in Tampa if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But uh,
0: last time you guys lost a playoff, series, it was in a sweep. Just want to throw that out there.
1: Well, I appreciate you letting me know that, but (laughs) the last time a team won three Stanley cups in a row was, Uh, 80, what was it? 85-ish or something like that. It was the Islanders, but I remember it was in the 80s. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't think we're going to, I know we're not going to get swept. I don't think we're going to lose this series, but after game two, I have no idea what to think.
0: Now, I don't think you guys are going to get swept, but I don't think you're winning tonight. I think the Avalanche see blood and they will jump on you guys again early today. And hold that lead down. You guys will win game four. Saving face back at home. And I think the... Did I say the island? I think I said the Islanders by mistake. The Avs will seize uh, and win tonight. You guys will win game four at home. And then back to Colorado. Where they will take it in game five. Uh, I think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. Their offense is... Their offense at this point is overwhelming it's prolific in this last game they scored power plays they scored shorthanded goals you guys couldn't get yeah. anything and i think greg what uh, we were talking last week when we said and greg alluded to it in discord where we were like um we don't know how strong their defense is getting kemper back is huge but the people in front of him we don't know how strong are. they are and greg responded and say their best defense is their mm-hmm. offense they just yeah. keep attacking. They come
1: through with an onslaught, and they are relentless. When you see it, sixteen shots on goal is not how you're going to win a Stanley Cup final. No, no. And
0: then putting thirty and Campbell McCarr, uh, him him out of the back, and then Nathan McKinnon out the front. They they are a crazy dynamic duo. Um, yeah, I just. I think they got you guys, man. I think they got you guys dead to right where you want. Like you said, they've been knocking at the door, knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's door over here. But uh I think they break through today. Yeah, I think they break through this series.
1: I mean, it's not for lack of experience. We've got one of the most veteran experienced, you know, well uh uh, meddled teams, I guess you'd say. You know what I mean? Mm. Like a team that's been around the block a few times and won a, won a little bit of hardware. So it's not going to be that. It's not going to be lack of experience. And so I say that to say, I don't think this team's going to implode on itself, i.e., the Boston Celtics in the NBA. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also don't think, um, I don't, I don't know what to think about Colorado because I knew they were good going into this. We talked about how good they were going into this, but then for them to just be like oh game 1 was a little too close let's go fuck them up and just <laughs> blow us out it was like
0: all right cool game 1 might have been the confidence they needed that nail biter been like guys what are we
1: doing this is not our game let's let's go out and play our game and damn yeah <laughs> yeah cuz sometimes that's what it takes sometimes if you all you got to do is you know the russian is hurt the russian is hurt all you got to do is you know see that the team you're facing isn't immortal like you thought they were and then all of a sudden you're like oh wait a second we can beat these guys
0: all you gotta do is draw blood once and yep. he, blood bleeds. In water.
1: he bleeds
0: alright Brandon we got a couple of MLB topics I want to get into have the Braves shown who they really are. They started off the season really rocky. Sub 500 went on about a 15 game winning streak to my dismay. Yeah, that was crazy because um, we were talking, I was talking <laughs> so much shit about it. The two games of the season <laughs> went on about a 15 game winning streak and now only five games behind the Mets. The Mets who keep fucking all rolling. Uh, even though the Marlins beat them last night, lost to this every year. i going to talk about,
1: um, Mets do this every year.
0: But yeah, they got to, they got to run differential of 46, uh, they lost Aussie Albies, but man, a lot of their guys are coming back healthy. Ronald Cunha is back. Do you think they make a strong push? Dancy Swanson is bad in 294. Holy shit.
1: Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> I think. He's usually a bad hitter. He's like a
0: 250, 240 hitter. I'm shocked no, I'm um,
1: near 300. I think last year was kind of an aberration more than, I think it was more the exception rather than the rule. Braves have one of the, I know it's middle of the pack, if not lower middle of the pack, as far as payrolls. Freddie Freeman obviously is gone. Um, I think it's a situation where baseball is one of probably the primary sport where it doesn't really matter your payroll. We've seen crazier things happen. I mean, it helps, but baseball is such a weird sport in the fact that you get on a roll, you can get on a roll, and there's so many games played and everything. So I think the Braves, if you combine what they've done at the beginning of the season to what's happening now, I think that is their form. If that's, it's kind of a roundabout way to answer the question, but I think they're a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. I think last year, like I said, was the exception, not the rule. I think that they'll have these stretches, but then they'll also have bad ones. So I don't think they're going to be anything to write home about at the end of the year. That's what I think.
0: Um... I think they can if the Mets again, the crazy thing about the Mets right now is they're without like their best two pitches. Stras- uh, Strasburg Strasburg. is trash. Scherzer and DeGrom. Um But if the Braves keep hitting DeGrom the way is still hitting, out. DeGrom is still out. Uh if the Braves keep hitting yeah. the way they keep hit they've been hitting, um, you replaced Freddie Freeman with Matt Olsen, who not going to have the same amount of power, um, but it has a good on base. Matt Riley, Matt Riley, Austin Riley is coming to his own at third um, and you're getting Acuna back. Now, the Ozzy Albies injury is going to hurt them a ton, but they seem to just be plugging in roles. And once they figure themselves out, they just kind of keep going. Um
1: yeah, but how often do we say that in baseball? If they could just keep hitting, or if they could just keep pitching this way, it, there's so but many they, games. They, I don't think that's is, statistically possible. But they do. They they do, man. They do. Uh, they do, man. They
0: do. Like, look, I see this team like 19 times a season. Like they do. They just keep at it. They just keep plugging away, man. It's insane. Uh, and now if you gotta, if you got a good Dansby Swanson, like. I'm baffled at his numbers. I went and looked up his individual stats. He's batting 294 this year. In the last last one, since he entered the league, uh, I'm not going to use his first year because that's very limited games. 232, 238, 251, 274. Uh, that's the COVID year. Last year, 248. Like, He's not rel- usually a good hitter. And he's finally found his form. He was a number one pick like... 10 years ago it feels like he's finally found his MLB form. So it's like holy heck if he can figure it out and you get Acuña back and healthy 100% along with Max Fried and the pitching staff like they could they can cause problems, man. Just because they and let's not forget sometimes you know winning that one could just be the start of an avalanche. You know, you kind of have that DNA yeah, that's in true. you now. So Doing it the way they did it last year, having to beat the Dodgers and some of these better teams, people would have thought on paper, it they this is scary. This is certainly scary. Somebody who roots for a team in the NL East, this is this is scary. But Brendan, what is also scary is the injury to Manny Mikado. Now the Padres, who were yeah. just number one over a weekend in the NL West, have now suffered a second injury to a star player. How do you think they will fare after this?
1: So this isn't the first like you just alluded to this isn't the first star player that's gotten hurt. I mean you can't you can't keep putting band-aids on shotgun wounds. Like I mean, yeah, they <laughs> they've gotten through this far, expression. but at the same time, like now Ma- Machado's out, it's like I don't I don't know. I don't know how they're going to fare. Hopefully they're both going to be back by the time you know, we get to uh, September, October time, but I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He left. The they got to play against the
1: Dodgers like 20 more times.
0: Exactly. Um, I think they can hold on for a little bit because hopefully they don't have to play the Dodgers in this stretch of time. But um, Fernando should be back relatively soon. I think he had like a three month injury window and we're entering about each, this. month two or three. Um, ending month two or coming into three. Um, so he should be back soon. This injury to Machado doesn't look like it's going to be world ending. He may have a brief stint on the IL, but they're saying it's just a minor tweak, um, a minor, minor twisted ankle, ankle sprain, um, that caused him to leave the game the other day. So hopefully for them it's not too much because they have been playing lights out like I said they've been trading in first place with the Dodgers back and forth back and forth um, their pitching needs to be a little more consistent for the amount of money they put into it uh, that's probably the only thing that you know they would want um, I'm looking at the ERAs here uh, what the heck that's earned run sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, outside of Joe Musgrove, who is a horse, um, it's a lot of inconsistency. They got a lot of guys hurt. Uh, what is his name? Uh, they got like two like really good dudes that have just like disappeared from their starting rotation: Lamont, Lamont, and Clevenger. Yeah, they kind of just gone by the wayside. Um, but yeah, no, they definitely have something to be concerned with, but. This team has been playing really well, despite uh, Tatis not being there. So that'll only be a boost. And Machado coming back healthy would only be a boost. So I think I think they're not in dire straits as of yet. Jeez, Machado's having a hell of a season. But Brennan. Yeah. Let's talk about the big boys. Let's talk about the evil empire. Let's talk about the New York Yankees. Yep. They've been on a tear. They haven't lost I'm, their twenty. day. it every day. As of yet, Uh, Aaron Judge is crushing the balls with Brian Cashman's face. I was going to say it's It's like at
1: this point, (laughs) it's not that they're winning. It's that they're destroying teams. They are demolishing teams. Seven, 13, 10, 12. Like these are the things that pop up on my phone because so many people talk about the Yankees around me. Yeah, that now my phone is just like, hey, you want to know about the Yankees, right? So Google is like giving me the like post game stuff. And mm. every time I look at it, I'm like, God, they're just destroying these teams. Yeah,
0: they're dismantling everybody's hopes and futures and dreams. Um and do you think do you think they finally got it, Brennan? Do you think they finally can do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I talked about it, uh, was it last year where I was like, Yeah. They've got good slugging percentage and can hit the ball out, but their strikeouts are more than their on base. Blah blah blah. And I said I was giving out all these like random like old school baseball stats. But yeah, I don't. I guess to quote the Mandalorian, this is the way now. These big heavy hitting teams. And I laughed at the Yankees last year when they did it because I was like, you can't win a World Series like this. But as of right now, they're destroying teams. Now, what I said earlier, I don't want to be a hypocrite. What I said earlier with the Braves, I think holds true also with the Yankees, is that they are in an awesome. Upward trajectory, but I don't think it's sustainable because the season is so long. So they will slump. That is going to happen. It's impossible that it won't. But I do think, as of right now, they look like juggernauts, dude.
0: Yeah, and the scariest part is that their pitching staff looks amazing. And Garrett Cole, the big signing from a couple years ago, isn't the number one. He is not the ace. You got Big Game James. You got Jordan Montgomery, you got uh, Nestor Cortez, and Luis Severino. All of them have a sub three five ERA. Um, Cole has the highest of the ERAs. He has a three three. Um, they just they just get out there and they which throw isn't gas, even that bad. Which is not bad at all. But they're just getting out there and they're throwing gas, man. And Judge Judge is on our MVP type of season. Batting three oh five, has twenty five homers, uh, OPS over one. Like they are they are not playing games right now. Like I said, they don't even have uh, lost 20 and we're into June. We're well into June at this point, their run differential is damn near one hundred and fifty. Um, like you said, they're just clobbering teams over and over again. Uh, so this is going to be definitely interesting. Watch. Um, does the evil empire finally pay up and get that championship? That's been eluding them or do they falter somewhere down the line? But enough out of that. Let's get to the quickets.
2: I and mean, you'll be surprised how quick a
0: quick. quick name hits Quick Hits. couple of WNBA games you need to know right. about. Uh, the what? Right, right, do me off quick there. Uh, the Dream, 100 to 106. They took an L to the sky in overtime. What a contested game. The Dallas Wings in that game, in that day, also took on the Phoenix Mercury, beating them 93 to 88. And then you got the list of games the other day. Uh, Sue Burton, her final game in New York, potentially, not potentially, actually. It's official now. 81 uh, 72 over the Young Liberty team that can't just get it going. Um, and then you had the fever knocking down the sky, the fever with that young core looking like they're yeah. going to put it all together. And then you got the aces with a crafty win. One point victory over the links. 96, 95. Get to a TV folks. And the commissioner cup has been clinched. It's going to, I believe it's June 25th. Um, That's this week, June 25th. This aces versus the sky. It's going to be a hell of a fun watch. For the second annual Commissioner Cup. So stay tuned. Brennan, I believe you have some U.S. Open coverage for us.
1: Yeah. Quick, quick hits. Uh, so the U.S. Open just happened. Uh, Memphis Patrick, the Englishman, won, 27 years old. I didn't know who this guy was, so I called my uncle. Called Uncle T on the uncle. phone. Uh, everyone knows him from when we first started the show. He is an avid, avid golf watcher, uh, lives in that world, works in that world. So he knows more about golf than I've ever even thought. Um, Apparently, uh, Fitzpatrick has been around for quite a while. Uh, Big in the European circuit because he is um, an Englishman, but he went to school at Northwestern. A lot of those guys apparently come over here and go to school in the States. And then if they can't get onto the PGA kind of quickly, then they'll go back over and play in the European tournaments. He has won seven. Uh, he won seven uh, tournaments over in Europe on the way to win the run to Dubai, which is like mm. their FedEx Cup. So he's not mm. he's not a nobody. I didn't know who he was, but the top the, you know, the top 10 names I all recognize, you know, yeah. uh, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McElroy and all these guys, you know, Matsu- Matsuyama. I recognize all those names, but then I didn't recognize Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And so I asked my uncle and apparently he's, he's, he's a beast. So uh, the, uh, he finished was like, in the
0: eighteenth like, in the world or something. At the time. Yeah.
1: He's finished yeah. top 20 in the last, like five majors. Um, he's always kind of hovering around, but not, not high enough to where it's a name you'd recognize. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get talked about a lot, but now my uncle said it was just a matter of time. Another thing I did want to touch on quick, quick is quick. Um, the live tournament. Just because oh, my, no, as that, I alluded before to, to that, it, before you get to that,
0: uh, yeah. did, I wish, I wish I wish I would have told you to ask your uncle this, but does your uncle think this is going to be sustainable from him or is this going to be a Danny Willis situation yes, where it's going to yeah. be one and done?
1: No, he said because of his sustained success in Europe that it was a matter of time before he started winning. And once he started winning, he was going to be on a roll. Not like a, obviously not like a Tiger Woods. We actually talked about this. He said he's not going to be like a Tiger Woods or a Phil Mickelson, but he is going to be like a a Rory or a Mm, Justin Thomas or like, you know, a Bubba Watson, like some guy who comes in and when he's in the field, people are going to remember his name and it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's always going to be, I mean, he's finished, he said top 20 in the last, it was either five tournaments or five majors. I think it was five tournaments because he's pretty young as far as being on the PGA. So maybe it was the last five tournaments he's finished in the top 20. So he's always going to be hanging around. And now that he's won a major, it's a name that you'll recognize now when you look at the leaderboard. But um, I wanted to mention this because I brought this up to my uncle, who again is the biggest golf fan I've ever met in my life. And do you know what he told me about the little tournament? When I was like, Oh, did you watch it? He said, uh, no, real golf fans probably couldn't care less. Mm. He goes, You can't watch it on TV. It's not streaming anywhere. It's and that was the biggest thing was you're gonna ask these people who Yeah, well, you're gonna ask these people who are in their forties, mainly their fifties and sixties, to like plug into your smart T V and like look it up on like it's not live, like you're looking it up on delay, like on you like they're not gonna do that. So he said that the only way the PGA would be in any kind of trouble is if they pull four or five more big names. But other mm-hmm. than that, he's not sure what's going to happen. I asked him if he, if he thought it was going to be like the USFL versus the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the only difference with that is the Saudis have unlimited money. Yeah. So it doesn't it's never going to fold if they don't want it to. Yeah, And this is a fun fact. I did not know. I'm sure you can look it up somewhere, but he told me, so I thought it was pretty cool. Do you know why it's called the live tour?
0: Yes, I do. Actually, you it's Yeah, I, I heard this. I heard this. It's not actually live. It's 54. It's Roman no, it's numeral not. 54 because they only play three days of golf. So 54 holes instead of the 70, uh, 72 holes. Usually. Oh no,
1: it's, it's, it's 54. Yeah. 54. Because if you birdied every single hole, what? In 18 holes. If you birdied every hole, your score would be 54.
0: Oh, man. I thought they were only played 54 holes a day. I mean, holes for the weekend.
1: No, no, no. It's um. well, I mean, that might be true, too, because they do play 18. What's 18 times three? Is that 54? I think uh, it's 54.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I'm (laughs) majored in political science. I'm bad at math people. Yeah, that is 54. So yeah, that might be it too. But my, my uncle was saying that Greg Norman, it's his tournament, his baby. My uncle was saying, Greg Norman said, no, if you on a regular parkour is 72. If you birdie every Mm -hmm. hole, you score a 54. Um, but, um, anyway it's dumb as shotgun starts which means the that thrill of like what we saw on sunday where like all of a sudden scotty scheffler's now in the running and zala it like hits a great shot on 18 but then here comes fitzpatrick he his first shot he fucking bleh, it was garbage and i was like oh he's choking on the last hole and then he fucking up and downed it for a beautiful one lie the- and i was like what is happening the one out of the bank um yeah, yeah, out, out of the, the ba- Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, because he tried to get cute with it and go hard left, and every- and then he went right into that big bunker." And I was like, "This idiot, what a <laughs> moron!" Um, but anyway, you won't get that in the live tour because it's shotgun start, so everyone's going to be ending on different holes. Um, they're no. doing that for time purposes and stuff. But it just—it's like it's a lot of team play. It's not all individual. It's like a mix of PGA and Ryder Cup. I don't know. It's weird. So I think I don't think it's going to be sustained. But shouts out to Matt Matt Fitzpatrick for dominating and i felt bad for uh scotty Zaltor's. and rory because they they had a, wow. i mean scotty had a better showing but well and zal torres too but he's a young gun so you know he'll have a shot but uh yeah rory, rory started off the so weekend well, so and then just yeah mm-hmm. and then sunday he just kind of a couple holes he had a, a couple bad showings and then that was it
0: and and that's and it. not to always invoke his name in golf discussion, but that's the crazy thing about that Tiger run, and um oh yeah, uh what the heck is the old Gus's Phil? name? No, not Phil, the one that has Nicholas? Phil Jack Jack. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about yeah. Tiger and Jack is like every couple of years we hear the names and just nobody could sustain those wins like that. Like Rory was yeah. supposed to be the next thing. Then Justin Speeth was supposed to be the next thing. Dustin. Jordan uh, Speeth yeah. I said Justin Speeth my bad. Uh, yeah. Jordan Spieth, Uh Thomas, uh, Tony Watson, Finau, DJ, Watson, uh, DJ Dustin uh, Johnson. Who's the pretty boy? I can't
1: remember his name right now. Uh, but all <laughs> um, these dudes. It's in my head. Phil. I can't oh, remember. Shit, not uh, Phil. It's not Phil. No, it's like, not. I had it. I had. It all. I bought Puma gear because he wore Puma gear. Oh,
0: really? Um, yeah. God damn. Uh, it's gonna kill but me. See, that's look the it, thing look is, up. you can't even remember exactly. You can't even remember like all these people were supposed to come and take the mantle over, and it's like they just can't sustain it. It's hard to get. It's hard to get to the top, but it's also hard to stay at the top, man. It, it's it's a testament to the greatness that was Tiger and Jack Nicholas, and them just bludgeoning their opposition um, trying to give Brennan a little more time to find the name of the young. I'm
1: looking at his picture. Who is it? Uh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. um,
0: All right. And the last of the quick hits quick. Uh, Brennan woke up this morning and Kyrie Irving is apparently at an impasse with the Brooklyn Nets reported on by Sham Sarania and he is willing to leave the team and go to either the Knicks or the Lakers. This sounds like it was created up in an NBA lab of uh, the hot takes right after the NBA Finals because you have all the hot names in there, Kyrie, the Knicks, the Lakers. Uh, what what is the likelihood do you think this is actually happening and where do you think he may go?
1: So a couple of things, uh, I believe that this is very likely to happen because we had, we heard rumblings of this during the season. So I normally I would say, Oh, this is just a big, which is some of those things you mentioned, like, Oh, this is just a big push for off season viewership because now they need something for people to talk about with the NBA leading into the off season. But, uh, I heard rumblings on different podcasts and stuff about Kyrie maybe wanting out before all this. So, a few things. I do think it's likely, uh, not likely. I do think it's possible. Also, though, I think Kevin Durant's going to be pissed as fuck if Kyrie leaves because Kevin and Kyrie are good buddies. Kevin was so. the reason Kyrie came there. Like he pushed for Kyrie to get there. James Harden showed up and was like, "This Kyrie guy's like, what is happening?" And then mm-hmm. Kevin was like, "All right, dude, you can bounce. Like Kyrie's my guy." And now if Kyrie leaves, Kevin's stuck holding the bag, dude. Like this is not good. So to that point, what I've been hearing
0: is maybe KD wants Kyrie to leave. Maybe he he yeah. You're more plugged those, in than I am. So that it's man, it's one of those like oh, yeah, I'd love to work with my friend. I'd love to work with my friend. And then when you work with your friend, it's like, I think we're just better off
1: being friends and not co-workers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. But my whole thing is the fact that they let James walk. James mm-hmm. was clearly upset with the Kyrie situation. And then they, instead of resolving it and getting rid of Kyrie, they got rid of James. Yeah, no. So that's all I'm saying is that now you're going to be stuck. And I mean, that's not a big loss because we saw Harden in the playoffs. Like, it's not a huge loss, but still, it's like, you're going to get stuck now by like he's going to get stuck by himself. And I know Katie just wants to ball ball is life for him. And he lives that every single day Like he just cares about playing ball. And he said that on multiple outlets and different podcasts and stuff. So I don't think he's going to, it's going to be a huge deal of Kyrie leaves for him. But at the same time, it's like you guys had this team on paper that looked like a juggernaut. And now within 18 months, it's all gone.
0: Well, I always say <clears throat> everything looked sweet until they made a couple of, big trades and like imploded the entire team. Uh, the James yeah, Harden, the, the initial James Harden trade, the second James Harden <laughs> trade, um, they yeah. gave, they were a good team with enough pieces before getting James Harden traded all those pieces to get James Harden. Now you got Jared Allen, who's a, a all-star in Cleveland. Um, and you had Karis LeVert who before getting hurt, He looked like he was going to be on pace to be a really good player. And that team, every time we talk about it, they lack depth and they lack guys with the heart Um, that that series against the Bucs, they ended up losing when the Bucs won their championship. Uh, Joe Allen, Joe, Joe Harris guy, guy guy curled up like a little 12 year old that was afraid of Freddie Krueger coming out to get him. He he was afraid to take a shot, afraid to look at the basket in that series. So um, I don't think, I don't think KD is going to be as mad as he may outwardly perceive, and that may just to be to, you know, save his friendship and all that. But I think he th- he believes if Ben Simmons can stay healthy, and he is healthy, that they could make they could make a similar run to whatever
1: him and Kyrie were going to do by themselves. You want to hear something hilarious? I forgot Ben Simmons was on this team.
0: <laughs> well, he hasn't played a game yet. So I'm, I'm not even making a joke. I'm not even making you a joke. Remember and then, that.
1: I'm not even making a joke. And then you said that and I was like, oh yeah, that was the Harden trade.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't I don't expect anybody to remember that he's there because he literally is not dressed up once. So, so yeah,
1: you missed a whole year.
0: <laughs> All right. With that being said.
1: All right. I have a walk off. Normally uh, you guys know we do a short essay or something like that and I'd be like, Joe, shut up. But actually, Joe, you can keep your mic on for this because I would like your input and it's more of a story that Literally I wanted to tell him, and I just didn't know where else to put it. Um, <laughs> So I work in a swanky steakhouse in downtown Manhattan. Swanky. Everybody knows that the other day, a couple of days ago now, it would have been Tuesday of this past week, so almost a week ago, I had the uh, entire rookie camp for the New York Giants coming. It's about twenty-seven players. They just got done with rookie mini camp. One of my regulars is also works for the team. Was like, hey, I know a great steakhouse. Let's go. Let's have a good time. So you know, a bunch celebrate, of you losers. guys all. You guys all getting to the next step um, in your journey in the NFL. So it's all the Giants rookies. Uh, you know, the the big name picks, the offensive lineman out of uh, Mac at Alabama, and then uh, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, projected to go number one, ended up going five. All these guys are there. And then obviously the undrafted free agents, the lower round picks, everybody's there. So it's 27 dudes total or 27 people total. Um, and I think out of the 27, uh, 24 of them were players that were currently on the roster. Anyway, I've been losers. doing comedy since 2009 on and off. Uh, which. <laughs> Who will become you losers, future losers. Yes. Yeah. So I've been doing comedy on and off since 2009. I know better than to bring up the fact that I do comedy in work environments. I work in a restaurant. So it's a little different because people will listen to the podcast or come out to shows or follow me on social media. So a lot of times I'll mention it to them. Um, But then Joe, what do people (laughs) always say? If you tell them you do comedy. Oh, really? Uh, Can I hear a joke? (laughs) Tell me a joke. That's what everybody always asks. I have a go-to thing I always say. Um, I've now that I've you know I know my voice in comedy. I know what I do, so now I always say the same thing. I always say I'd love to, but I'm more of a dark storyteller. So this just out of context isn't the right place for that. Always say it. People always understand, especially when you throw in the dark storyteller. They're like, oh, we get it. Yeah, totally. But. When Kayvon Thibodeau asks you, hey, what is there to do around here in New York? And then my uh, the bartender oh, chimes in with, oh, he's sober. And I said, yeah, I don't know anything in New York except steak and comedy. And they said, comedy? And I said, yeah, I moved to New York to do comedy. And they went, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And Kayvon was like, hey, man, everyone tells me I'm funny. I was thinking about doing stand-up when my playing career is over. And I was like, oh, this is not going the way I expected it to. (laughs) And then what do you think Kayvon asked me to do? Number five pick overall for the New York Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau said, Hey, tell me a joke, man. I thought you were going to say run a 40. Normally I would. No, no. (laughs) Normally I would give the excuse. I always give that. We've already discussed this time. I thought I have a perfect story about when I played college football that I close on a lot. That would be fantastic to tell a bunch of football players. That's what I thought in my head, Joe. (laughs) That's what I thought in my head. And then I got two lines into this two and a half minute closing story that I do. Two lines into it. And I noticed one of the guys was looking at his watch. The other one was looking at his phone. Kayvon's looking out because the Uber's pulling up. These are 20 something year old drunk millionaires. Well, at least Kayvon is. And they're all kind of like. They're very young. So their attention spans already are tough. Like the the liaison for the Giants had to keep yelling at them, like, get off your guys's phones, talk to each other. You're in the same room. So like, it's already a tough crowd, totally not on a stage, not telling jokes. This is a joke I normally close with. So I've built rapport with the audience. Don't have any of that. Now I'm trying to rush through a two minute story. I'm tripping over my own words. Um, there are certain parts where I I know people are going to laugh and they laugh at those parts where they're supposed to, Okay. but it was not cohesive at all. And then it, when all the dust settles and I finished the bit, Kayvon looks at me because I told him, I was like, oh, I got the perfect joke. I close on this joke. He looks at me and says, hey, man, that's a medium joke. I wouldn't close on that joke. And then just walked <laughs> out, Dapped me up, said, thank you for the great service and walked out. At least you had great. And this has haunted me. (laughs) I texted you immediately. This has haunted me for the last week.
2: So I've been going to
1: Mike's, telling the story in more of a a joke form. How I would tell the story on stage. You've been
0: telling the story. This is what I've come up with.
1: It's pretty great. Oh, I've been. I'm honing this in. So then, when I have my show at the stand on July 19th, (laughs) I can say it in front of a packed room at the stand. Record it, then tag him all of social media. I I will. I will. Um, But this is Some of the responses that I wish I would have said In the moment oh medium joke That means you and I have a lot in common My jokes and your off the field Character issues not too bad but not great Either Uh, mm-hmm. medium joke That sounds like the Giants records for the Last couple of years I'm going to have to follow This guy's career and hope he's not an All pro <laughs> but also hope he doesn't bust So then I can text him and be like hey man my jokes In your career same lane Isn't that crazy Medium
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: still a little raw about this but that's that's what i want i know better and you should that's have what said i wanted my to jokes tell you and
0: drink album mid <laughs>
1: mid god it was so uh it was so bad and i know not to do it i don't know what goes through my head where i'm like oh this time will be different i'm an insane person he asked for it so you have a you said i have a captive audience and
0: then yeah immediately and i thought i thought i was gonna
1: in my head, I was like, "I'm gonna murder, and we're gonna take pictures, and he's gonna post me on a story. Yeah. Be like, check out my guy." That's what I thought. You know who would have? I should have gone with the blackest person in the room joke.
0: You know who? Uh, I don't know about that. You know who have like that bit? <laughs> <laughs> who? I can't remember his name now. I was hoping I'd remember it by the time you said who. Uh, the the what do you mean? Like the fact that I Michael Parsons. Like that? Micah Parsons. <laughs> oh yeah. From everything I know about Michael Parsons, he would have been there for you.
1: (laughs) He would have gave you the laughs you needed. He would have been attentive. Well, there was one guy in the room who played fullback at Oklahoma, who I guess was an undrafted free agent, or maybe he was drafted late, but he was joking about how he played fullback, and he was the only one who was like, my guy, my dude. And I was like, fuck yeah, but you're not the number five overall pick, bro. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But you're not the guy. (laughs) You're not the guy I'm trying to impress here. God, it was rough. Anyway, that's it. Let's move on. Oh, holy shit.
0: That, oh <laughs> and we'll bring you the press conference <laughs> in big. its entirety. <laughs> all right, Brennan, where can we find you?
1: And came um, on at awesome. Brennan T Comedy. Came on, Thibble, on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com just dropped a bunch of new merch. It's actually a lot cheaper. Um, I'm not making any money on this merch. I just want people to wear it. So I, I've dropped all the prices to, to wear. Literally, I after taxes and everything, I actually don't make a dollar. I just want people to get it out there. Joe, I've got some merch coming your way. I just got it in today to check the quality. So there's some that I really like that I'm going to send your way. Um, BrennanTComedy.com slash merch store um if you just want some free merch hit me up on instagram or whatever and i'll see what don't, i can do don't become my um, car also
0: do not become my corona.
1: i just want people to wear it if you're gonna wear it i will if i send it to the you price drop is good take I pictures like post it on social media yeah it's significant too like it's like i'm literally after strike takes out shit. their fee and everything i make like a dollar mm-hmm. um so, and then also my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Just look up ex drinking buddy. Just had Caitlin Plufo on this week. Fantastic episode. She is blowing up um, in New York, but not only that, but nationwide. Uh, we talked about her getting her start and loving, you know, David Tell Skanks for the memories. And now she's on stage at the cellar with him. So it, it, it's an awesome journey that she's been through. Also, she's been arrested, used to party in Mexico, and was a college athlete. So she's got plenty of ex drinking buddy stories too. So check that out. Ex Soccer drinking sorry. buddy, wherever you get your podcast she was
2: blindsided
0: well, by your kid cuddy reference <laughs> yeah uh, you can check me out oh, on twitter listen. and instagram yeah, i did come on you know i listen you can check me out on twitter and instagram you can check me out on uh you can check out this show's twitter and instagram at caring press don't forget to head over to Code to check out all the other shows who does a pod is back our first official episode is up it is amazing uh we did Moana. Next episode, we're going to cover In the Heights. Again, that is a musical-based podcast, so check that out. Um, and don't forget to go over to JoeDorville.com to check out my music and my merch all there. Uh, Brennan, let's get you out the door and ready for work.
1: Oh, holy shit, that- <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout-out.